you are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Catherine, the encyclopedia, Carolyn, the bookworm, Madeline, the wild card, and Mackenzie, the eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, and join us for mostly murder. But sometimes not. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Uh, this is Mostly Murder, But Sometimes Not, uh, a podcast where we talk about fictional mystery things. I am hosting today. I am Carrie. And I here are my siblings. I'm Katie. I'm cracking open a cold one with the boys. Maddie. And I'm Mac. Great. And I'm Mac. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm Mac. Well, you need to stop. Oh, I see what you're doing there. You bogarting my joke. <laughs> All right. So oh, this... Carrie, did you have to cross out? Make I'm not crossing joke. out anything. I'm not crossing out anything. I'm just getting rid of his repeat. That's what I'm going to do. In post. Ooh. In post. Oh, and everyone, when you make your joke, Carrie will be like, oh my God, Carrie, you're so funny. <laughs> that was a really funny moment in there. I'm going to insert some like laugh track after everything I say. Ha! <laughs> It'll be a real 1990s sitcom. Oh, wait. In that case, if Carrie's already editing this out, this would be the perfect point to, like, admit something embarrassing or something. Or rip a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Mac, I feel like we've already shared a lot of embarrassing things on this podcast, especially stuff you about you. Well, if I've if if I've already drained the tank, what am I even doing here? What are Um, any of us doing here if we've run out of embarrassing Mac stories? That's a big question, Mac. Scooby-Doo knowledge that we all need in our lives. It means that you need to keep doing embarrassing things so that we all have a reason to live. (laughs) Yeah, do some more. Be more embarrassing. There's probably more. And also, we also have nannyard embarrassing stories. And also, we've immediately gone off track. Yeah, Yeah. what are we doing? (laughs) I'm sitting here holding my notebook just waiting for you all to shut up. (laughs) Welcome to your life forever. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay, so we watched for this episode a movie called Happy Death Day. Um, I f- didn't write down what year they filmed it. Was it 2017, 2018? 2017. 2017 is 2017. when it came out. Okay, writing that down. Got it. Okay, so we watched Happy Death Day. And in case you haven't seen the film, here's a short summary. <laughs> <laughs> A sorority mean girl wakes up on her birthday in the dorm room of a boy she barely knows. She goes on with her day, pissing off everyone in her orbit. On her way to a party, she gets killed. A sorority mean girl wakes up on her birthday in the dorm room of a boy she barely knows. Over and over again. Tree, our main character, who, that's her name, it is Tree. It's short for Teresa, but everyone calls her Tree. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tree experiences the same day and over and over and is murdered. After talking it over with said dorm boy and love interest, she decides to figure out who the murderer is. Along the way, she realizes that she's unhappy with how she's been living her life in the three years that have passed since her mother's death, and vows to be a better person in the future. 
After a red herring involving a serial killer hospital escapee, (laughs) we just—I don't know. I just don't escape. Escape came out that way. Escape. After a red herring involving a serial killer hospital escapee, we discover that it's her roommate Lori that's the murderer, acting out of jealousy that their professor is having an affair with Tree and not her. Tree shoves a poisonous cupcake in Lori's mouth and then kicks her out of a second-story window, and everybody except Lori lives happily ever after. <laughs> there we go. I liked it. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, who put this in the jar? The, um, what's the Bechdel test? Bechdel test? Bechdel. I mean... What about yes. the sorority lunch? Yeah, technically they did talk about what charity they would support. Well, Lori and Tree talk. Well, I was yeah. thinking about that and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool how it's a bad person who's a female and also, um, you know, the main character is also a female. So we have a protagonist and antagonist that are both women. But then it's like the fight between them is over a guy, so that doesn't count. I I would say they redeem some points with Tree pointing out, like, you're killing me over something that doesn't matter, which is a man. I mean, well, yeah. and also they have other conversations not about him, because she doesn't find out until the end that that's, A, that Lori's the killer, and B, that it's because she's sleeping with the professor yeah, yeah. i guess yeah so and yeah the um, lunch i mean it's not a good conversation that they have at lunch but no. it's not about a boy uh so this katie and i actually watched this movie together but we did not discuss it or talk during it did you put a divider in between you so you couldn't <laughs> see each other's reactions no, uh, we did have kind of like a couch poison between us, but <laughs> actually, poison. we did talk and we were like, let's try not to make noise. <laughs> like, or like there were some giggles. There was one moment where Carrie legit had a spit take. Do you remember that? I didn't spit. I was just, I know drink- you, you were drinking. And when, so Carrie was taking a sip of her drink when the cop was hit by the car. <laughs> And Outside she literally was like, like, and had her hand under her mouth. I was Ooh, like, Rah! jump scare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, but I was like, it's legit a spit take. But that's the only thing that happened. Yeah. We didn't discuss any of the rest of this movie. Uh, so, but it was the first time we had both seen it, obviously. Otherwise, my reaction would have been much less intense. Uh, Maddie and Mac, what about you guys? Never seen it. Um... Uh, okay, so full disclosure, I am the one that put this in the jar. I first encountered it through a YouTube series called Dead Meat, uh, which goes over synopses of horror movies and counts up how many, however many people die in certain horror movies. And this one seemed like it was more interesting. And when I realized that it technically qualified for our criteria of what a mystery could be, I decided to throw it into the list because I like diversifying our genres. So you had never seen it. Shouted that. I saw it once before I put it into the jar. Okay. So now I have a question. Yes. There's a lot of like slasher horror movies. 
where you're trying to figure out who or what the killer is. But they're not necessarily included in a mystery genre because it's more about like usually one night of attacking. Well, I think it's more like that because you can see like they usually will show the obvious antagonist of the piece, you know. But you might not know the history. And I want to be... But that's not the mystery. It's not like the point of it. The point of it is to be like, rah. To scare. Gotta run away from Mike Myers or Jason. How did did the swamp monster get to be a swamp monster? (laughs) They're just like, swamp monster! That's because there is a smaller subgenre within horror that I tend to prefer to as horror mystery or horror whodunits. Horror-story. 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 That's yes. my favorite genre. <laughs> it's the history of horses. <laughs> I know. It's, like, it's probably a whole thing. Why not? But they probably don't call it a horse tree, though. Or a history of derogatory <laughs> terms for sex workers. Well, it's like we have history and herstory and yes. horse tree and <laughs> horsery. Furry tree. Yeah. I want to say, though, because I am not really a slasher movie person or a horror movie i've done like the more high concept or like popular ones like i don't know cabin get in the out woods. yeah cabin in the woods babadoo i don't know if i'd count that shauna the dead maybe yeah i would say shauna the dead or um even like older ones like the shining but i'm not as familiar with the genre because I do think they're not as interesting to me, to me, especially because I don't go out to the movies a lot, and I feel like they're more fun in a theater. Like, I went and saw "I'm Sorry to Bother You" in a theater, and I would had a totally different experience than I would have if I watched it alone at home. Um, it's called "Sorry to Bother You." Sorry to bother you. Okay, <laughs> but so that's why I'm like I don't know enough about the genre necessarily to say how many of them would cross over into a mystery. Because I was kind of, I was really surprised because we were discussing whether or not to even to do this. And Mac was like, no, we can do it. It's fine. We weren't discussing it. Katie didn't want to do it. Because I don't like these movies. And I will say I was wrong. I thought it was good. And I enjoyed it even not as a mystery. But when he wrote, started writing down a suspect list, I was like, damn it, Mac. Suspect list. (laughs) Literally red letters. I was like, damn it. He's right. (laughs) I li- that's literally what I said, like muttered to myself. I heard you. You said, damn it, Mac. I, I, I will say it is not an overly saturated field because, again, a lot of horror movies, A, veer into the supernatural or science fiction. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to spoil things for folks, but uh, Leprechaun in the Hood 2 is not on our <laughs> list. So you won't need to worry about that. Uh, but. Then there's human slashers, which often either show you who the killer is or or give you some sort of uh, backstory to how everything goes together. And so a subgenre within human slashers is then horror slasher whodunits, which at this point, I'm only aware of one series and two separate movies. Yes, Katie? Well, my thought when you actually when you said that earlier, I was like, well, yeah, the audience might know who the killer is, but not often the people in the movies because I have actually been watching Columbo recently and every Columbo episode starts with us watching the killer do everything. So the whole time the audience knows and it's about watching Columbo put it 
together. So like, I feel like in a similar vein, this is like, the audience might know that it's Mike Myers or Jason or whatever, but the people in the movie don't necessarily know who or why or what. Well, I think the part is like, they don't try to figure it out. Like the point isn't, you know, the backstory. The point point is the scary. The point is to survive. Yeah, that's true. I guess you're right, Carrie. That it's yeah. about survival and magic. There's actually a and very it's not thin about, line. Yeah, finding out how things came to be. Yeah, actually, I'm going to amend my statement earlier. I only know of one series and this movie where it's technically a mystery because you're trying to figure out who the killer is. Uh, however, I would advise the one that I just took off the list is called Werewolves Within. It, it's recent uh, and it is a surprisingly very good horror movie that I would suggest for anybody. Oh, it's, it's on, on my list. list. I love Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson's honestly one of my favorite people in the world. And Melotta Weintraub, my celebrity crush. And Harvey Gillen? Gillen? Yeah. He's a Guillermo on, yep. on What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, he was also on uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist for a short while. Really? And very, very briefly on The Good Place. I'm totally going to watch that, but anyway. But yes, okay, so horror whodunits, specifically ones where you try to solve who did it, I wanted to add on to the list. Because, again, diversifying the number of movies we have also diversifies the amount of viewpoints we can bring into this podcast. I do like reading or seeing something that's totally new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, what have we done recently? Like, The Long Goodbye, like, that was totally new, but... We had encountered that character before. Um, and then, you know, like we've done the Magnums, we've done the Murder She Wrote, we've done Scooby Doo, we've done like a bunch of stuff that we know so much about. And like they're big established stories and characters, but this is just brand new. And I yeah. like that. Spooky. What I like about this director is he takes horror movies, A, brings them into comedy so they're more approachable. And B, likes to apply traditional Hollywood tropes and, like, mechanisms to bring something new. This one, obviously, is Groundhog Day. In uh, Happy Death Day 2, it's uh, alternate universes. And one of my favorite ones is, uh, it's more recent, it's called Freaky, and it's where a girl accidentally Freaky Fridays with her, like, Michael Myers-style killer. Oh, I wanted I to see that. I never put that together. With Vince Vaughn. It's a yep. Freaky Friday with a Taylor Killer. Um, did you, s- I just want to acknowledge, did you say machinations? Yes. Isn't it machinations? Machinations. <laughs> it's, it's not mech, it's mac? M-A-C-H-I-N-A-T-I. O-N-S. I don't know what Machinish- is so difficult. Machinations, not mechanisms. Okay. I actually had another question, but I forgot it. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, we can get into Did the movie. Wrong. Yes, let's get into the movie. Yeah. Um, I super hated Tree. I was like, why are you doing all of this? Why are you so mean to everyone who's trying to be nice to you? I was, I, I mean, I, did, I said something bad. I was like, wow, she mean. Hope she dies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you not know Wait, Maddie, going yeah. to? Did you know anything about this movie at all? Uh, no, I, I did not. But I kind oh. of figured it out very soon that she was the main character. 
but you didn't know that she was going to die. You didn't know but it was Groundhog Day. It was pretty clear from the very beginning that they were going to make time a, a thing. Because oh my God, in yeah. like the Universal logo um, oh, intro thing, yeah. they did a little like reverse, reverse, which is um, the source of uh, Carrie's such a hilarious joke earlier. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really yeah, wish I'd thought of that. That so was, I mean, would have been such a gut burster if I had thought of it. <laughs> oh, Mac, you'll have to Wait. try harder next time. Oh, Maddie, then, I have a question. Yeah. So you didn't know that it was Groundhog Day, like time loops, correct? Um, I mean, not immediately when I got, when I started watching it, you know. So, because I knew it ahead of time, watching the first loop, it was so obvious that they were setting up points for her to reference, like, the bells and looking at her phone and the the people, the sprinklers. So, that was very obvious to me because I knew the conceit. Was that something you picked up on? Maybe? But that, um, was that something you picked up yeah, on? Yeah, no, I it... definitely picked up on that. I was like, oh, okay. well. Okay, so maybe it was just very We're obvious. drawing very close attention to to these Wait. random things. These specific things. That happened to me um, when I was watching Palm Springs. Like, I didn't know it was a Groundhog Day thing. And it did It did the same thing, where, like, the, the movie points out very specific things that happen in a specific order. So you're just like, oh, okay you're doing this on purpose and i think i know why but then you don't really know until you see it all again right okay those heels like watching her walk around in those heels especially like the first death scene oh my god i was so mad i'm just like like, running on the grass in heels we should they should be outlawed that's how she dies I fully support people wearing whatever they want, but heels should be against the law. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like stiletto heels. No. I, I know I've mentioned it before, but Kat Moran has a great quote about heels. What is it? And it's, there's only 10 people in the world who should wear high heels, and eight of them are drag queens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, yeah, seriously. To be fair, though, I got mad at her for wearing heels like that. Because I always get mad at Buffy, but I was like, Buffy goes out to patrol wearing heels. Yes. This girl no, was going she to was, a party. She was at a party. Like, it, it's, it is an expected outfit for going out to a party. However, as someone who doesn't wear heels and hasn't for years, I was like, is it a normal thing? Like, can girls wear tennis shoes to a party and then sh- change their shoes there? Like, you always see women do for work office spaces. I will interject and say it might have just been an aspect of the culture that she was in because the Kappas that they are in are incredibly judgmental about everything. Yeah. It yeah, could be like weird, weird and traditional instead of like cool and hip wearing your tennis shoes, you know? I feel like that's you the don't, cool thing now. Yeah, but like you would not show up to a party with like a big tote bag that your tennis shoes go in, you I know? Guess. Like you're not going to do that. I can we talk a little about the like culture the of sorority and fraternity and hazing that's in this movie felt almost dated and I know that obviously they still exist and this stuff is still happening I do think our world is more aware of like the dangers and hazing and whatever 
But when I think about movies that involve this kind of stuff, it brings me back to like the mid 2000s, like types of movies. Like, you mean like, I feel like it's a thing in Buffy, you know? It's a thing in Buffy. I was thinking about I mean, Sydney thing White. In, and, and everywhere else. Or Legally Blonde or House Bunny or whatever. Yes, Carrie? <laughs> um, well, first of all, the there's an old comic book that I have of Grandma. Like, I don't think it belonged to Grandma Margaret, but I got it from her basement. And it was uh, Adventures of, like, Supergirl and Superman or something, or just, like, Adventures of Supergirl. And yeah. in one of the adventures... um. This book is from the 80s, I think, or like 70s or 80s. Wait, no, I actually learned a lot about the history of Supergirl. Was it okay? So was the gist of Supergirl when you read the comic basically just this is Nancy Drew, but she can best bench press a skyscraper a little bit. Okay. Yep. That's definitely Silver Age Supergirl, possibly 60s. You found that in her basement? Uh, it was from like the, I'm pretty sure the, the copyright is from 85. Or something like that. Wait, but I don't remember that also book. Be what do we call that? A, with, a moderate aficionado? With the poster. <laughs> I might be a conf- big nerd, Mac? Yeah. Was she brunette? I might brunette? be that up with the poster. A- occasionally, yes, because she wore a wig. Um, but there was a, a, a like a little interstitial thing of like her being at college and like learning all about college and blah, blah, blah. And there was a group of sorority girls being hazed and what they had to like roll a peanut up a hill with their noses. <gasps> I remember, remember this? this. Yeah, and then so Supergirl's like, "Oh, that's mean!" And then she just like uses her super breath and like blows the oh peanuts my up the hill. God, I remember it's, this. It's great. All of them individually. That is extremely impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's super. That's breath. before she died horribly in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Nice, Spoiler! Thanks. Wow! It's, oh, I'm sorry. I spoiled a comic you'll never read from 1980, 1989. Anyway, um, if this movie felt dated, like with the uh, Teen Mom two and the commercial for Bump It's, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, Teen Mom um, two. Be, it's because it was originally announced in 2007. Wow! Like the. It was announced under the title Half to Death. Like, H-A-L-F. Oh, this one's worse. Or, I mean, this one's better. Uh, That's terrible. Yeah, Half to Death. And, like, I don't... Half to Death. I don't know exactly why it took so long, but it was, like, just in production hell for ten years. Um, So why wouldn't they update that? Yeah, I I thought it was interesting. (laughs) Like, this would have she been, has to be watching Teen Mom 2. This would have been incredibly interesting and forward-thinking if it had come out in 2007, because a lot of this stuff, we can all agree, a lot of this stuff here is, what would you call it, progressively dated? Same vein yeah. as, like, Avenue Q, where it's like, you're forward-thinking, but, like, for a different time. I mean, yeah. Avenue Q came yeah, out in, like, like 2004. That was so of wokeness. They might have... Like updated some of the stuff. I don't know. I, like, there were some, some moments, lines. Yeah. like the um in the original script, Teresa Tree was supposed to die, like for real. Like she does the loop, she figures it all out. 
Um, and then she's like in the hospital after kicking Lori out the window or something. And then the uh, professor's wife comes in disguised as a nurse and then is like, I hate you, die. <laughs> and then just kills her. Well, that's the end. That would be a very different story. You yeah. know, it's like you are, you are reaping the uh, consequences of your actions. Even yeah. though you had your awakening, you still did them. It did not test well. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you can make a movie with this tone and end it like that. Do you guys yeah. care right. if I spoil the sequel? Yeah, I guess that would sequel? work if it was the point, but I do care, Mac. Mac, would you repeat that? Do you please? care if I spoil the sequel? Uh, no, I, I, I do. I don't. Oh, never mind then. But I wouldn't. Carrie, go la, I la, Carrie, la, watch la. it. No, 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 because she has to edit this. I do. Fine. Ugh. I was curious about it because I was like, but then horror movies can kind of do whatever. Yeah. I, going back to what we were talking about, there were moments that felt dated and then there were other moments that I do think felt a little progressive. Like when she kind of calls out um, Danielle or when she got mad at Lori, like, really, this is why you're trying to kill me? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yes. boys are stupid. Like, like, when that professor was, like, upset that she wasn't obsessed with him. Like, yeah. Come on. She was like, I'm not falling in love with you. And he was, like, hurt. Yeah, and he's and like, was oh, like, oh, make out with you ferociously. Yeah, I kind of liked that, that she was like, I'm literally just sleeping with you. I don't care about you. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, interesting. It was that's why I think watching it, it was really fun and examining it, it does kind of reveal a couple like weird tonal like things. But, Do you guys want to know yeah. a little bit of a fun fact about one of the odd tonal messages? Sure. Sure. So I don't remember his exact name, but the um the closeted gay gentleman that she went on a Tim. date with. Tim. His name was Tim. Tim. From sub- the Tim, the subway guy. Creepy Tim. Um, Not you. So I, I can't guarantee <laughs> this for certain, but it's entirely possible the director may have based Tim on his own experiences. Uh, as I learned from behind the scenes of Freaky that Tim was a uh, closeted but aware gay man when he was, when he was younger. Oh. I (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the things I didn't like was that she just like magically cured his internalized homophobia with like three sentences in like the time loop that he's a character in here (laughs) you don't Tim get out of here Tim get out of here Tim get out of here (laughs) don't put closeted homophobia on him we don't know that about him it's entirely possible he could be bi Yes. I guess that's true, but she, the whole thing about her spying on him, seeing him watch the gay porn, and then like her coming back to him, I guess she made the assumption that yeah. he was well, she, gay and not bi. But yeah. He, and that you made the assumption that he hated himself for it. I guess I made the assumption because of her lines when she said, like, you don't have to pretend you're someone you're not. And I didn't actually write down what she said. But she basically said three things. Like, it's okay to love who you love. And I know that you're gay. And like, so I was making that assumption based on her assumption, I guess. I didn't like her whole montage of good deeds 
either. I hated it so much. You know what I loved, though? Like, they set up this whole perfect day, and then it's ruined. And I was like, I did like that that was the day. That yeah, that that was not the last day. Exactly. Like like she she does she ticks all the boxes. You know, like she fixes. She steals that guy's glasses, and she's so cool. And then she like puts a pillow under like the one dude's head when he faints. And then she tells Tim to accept himself, and she warns the people who are gonna get wet by the sprinklers. Yeah, and she like makes up with her dad, and she apologizes to Lori, and like she pours chocolate milk on Danielle's head, and. Like, it's... Stands up for Becky. It's, like, tied up perfectly in a bow, and then it just all gets erased, and I thought that was hilarious. Did anybody else catch the 16 Candles reference at the end of that day? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Just up checking. It wasn't even... It was not subtle, Mackenzie. No. I feel like... hitting you over the head with a textbook. You could see some of the, like, references in this with the 16 Candles. I was getting some Edgar Wright stuff in terms of the horror comedy timing, but I don't know if that was necessarily Edgar Wright or just like horror comedy in Jump general. Cuts. Like the genre. I like, didn't notice it when I was watching. Or, it was mainly you know. in the montage that was backed by Demi Lovato that had like the five, there's like four or five deaths within it. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the stuff with one of them, I'm fighting in the fountain and like getting hit by a bus that she's fighting with danielle i have to say that bus didn't actually disqualify her as a killer right no i know but she just decided anyway there were a couple uh um things that tree should have done different like noticed differently for instance well the uh the first murder um, in the tunnel with like the music box that plays "Happy Birthday," why would this random hospital prisoner escapee, first of all, have a music box? Second of all, know it's her birthday, and then like put it like where she would find it? Well, that's not true because, like, are you arguing why would she believe that, or why would that happen? Because it was never actually the um. No, the killer I know. person. But like Tree should have known. She should have been like, oh, it couldn't have been the Well Lori could have told him. But she didn't connect Lori until Well, that's no. true. Yeah. yeah. I like think she Karen's... thought it was Tombs the whole time she until he got out. Like one of the established pieces of evidence that she had when she was beginning to make her case was that the killer must have been aware that it was her birthday. She never connected after she realized Tombs might have been the killer that Tombs had no reason to no way to know that it was her birthday. Yeah, Yeah. there was some logic problems there. I will say I also didn't love that they introduced Tombs like over halfway through the movie. They did not. They introduced it's, him very early. Wait, when? They didn't they, fully. They yeah. did. Yeah, they did mention it on a news story on TV a couple times. Oh, maybe I and, didn't pay attention. So, like, you, you, first of all, you see a security guard sitting outside of his room in either the first or second loop when she's in the hospital. I guess I was assuming he was a hospital security guard and not, like, guarding a certain room. No. But so maybe I didn't connect was. that. If you put a security guy sitting outside of a hospital room, there is a prisoner inside. <laughs> okay. No, well. they sit inside the rooms, guys. 
See? Thank not you. Not in Eddie. the movies. Not in the movies. I guess not in the movies, but. And then in the second Why can't loop. Be, uh, totally realistic. <laughs> in the second loop, directly before the power outage, the news is like. And finally, conclusion to a multi-month, sh- uh, a, a multi-state shootout with uh, local serial Yeah, there are a couple different news things that tease you up to it. I guess I wasn't really connecting that with him. I guess also because I was like, that'd be so boring if it was just some random serial killer who escaped from the hospital. That's what I wrote. I, I was like, is, so it's just some random dude? I wrote boring. <laughs> the only thing I thought might have been cool, I did... The moment you see her, like, picture of her and her mom, you're like, oh, her mom's totally dead. And I thought maybe the serial killer killed her mom. That's what I thought, too. And then, like, was coming after her. But that was very quickly. I, actually, I thought it was going to be her dad. I thought it was going to be Carter. I, I thought it was going to be Danielle. I, I thought it was the roommate from, like, the second loop. Me, too! Yeah? Yeah. Wait, yeah, what led you to it was confirmed for me when um, the person stepped out of the car because I was like, like in the the one where she's like in the cop car, I was like, those are nurses' shoes. And I, I was didn't like, catch it's that. definitely oh. her. Yeah, but I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking like, what did I wrote? I wrote, it's definitely Lori calling now, and that was in the second time loop. Yeah, and then I kept seeing like. Okay, so Lori has a secret boyfriend. So that and also in in the first yeah. scene and second scene with Lori, she was just a little creepy. Like obsessive over tree almost. Especially with like the cupcake. Like she just gave up this kind of weird vibe. Like a Rebecca vibe? Kind of, but like not that she was in love with Lori, that she was in love with the doctor. So like when you find out she has a secret boyfriend, when you find out especially when you find out that the john tombs was in the hospital i was like i did think that john tombs was the mystery guy for some reason for a little bit that laurie had like fallen in love with the serial killer and then so so then she and him worked out that he would get hurt and then go into the hospital and then that way she would be able to let him free but that turned out to be right like if they had been together but he would be the secret boyfriend and then that way that's her way of getting it out Halfway through, I thought maybe Lori was a red herring, but then it just kept getting connected to the hospital. And, but I'm really surprised. Like, I got it from the vibes. I'm so impressed that you got it from her shoes. Well, that's just when it was confirmed. I thought it was her earlier, but that's when I knew. Yeah. Like, when, yeah, just tennis shoes. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, they looked like nurses' shoes. I was like, they had like a thick sole. And I remember that, like, you had to wear a specific kind of shoe. And it kind of looked like that, but that was probably me like reading into it and being like, "Yeah, Lori, was it, shoe." Was it when Lori said like, "There's bound to be serious consequences to what you're doing"? It was, I think it was the second loop because she was the closest person to Tree, and it seemed like she had the most motive, you know. And like there, I was like there were. Um, a few instances when I doubted it because, like, the hands in the of the guy whoever's wearing like the sweatshirt with the stupid baby face mask oh my that God. really freaked me out all the time, and I hated it so much. We're putting um, a pin the, in that, but like continue. The, 
the person's hands were really masculine, so I'm like assuming they had like a male stunt person, but um, Lori was pretty tall when you see her standing next to Tree, and I was like, she could be like that, um, like threatening if you cover up her face and put her in a hoodie, and yeah, pretty much that. Just the most motive closest. Was Lori ever on the suspect list? No. See that that's when we should have suspected her. That's yeah. when we should have known. Um, can we talk about what kind of college has a baby as a mascot? The baby. What was it? The Bayfield baby. Bayfield baby. The Bayfield babies. The baby. Who wants to be a baby? I'm a Only baby. Maybe it used to be a nursing college. No. What? No. <laughs> that's you know. Funny. They shouldn't be promoting no. the dangerous world of baby fighting. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, don't you what? want something at least that could a be little intimidating? <laughs> the fighting babies. Man, fighting I would babies. win a fight against a baby so fast. <laughs> right? Like that's not Maddie, at all. Maddie, Maddie, you know why? The little arms. Yeah. They can't Try and reach stand me. Up. Try they and don't reach even me have object baby. permanent. One you just like put a sheet in front of your face. Oh, dang. Away. Wait, but don't they have more bones? Oh, God. They you do have more the bones. bones. They got more bones, but they're soft. Hmm. More that, might, that might be their advantage. Hmm. Yeah, that means their agility their agility's trade is higher. Gross. Okay, we need to stop talking about punching babies. I know. No, I was like, I should we? Because face. it's happened multiple times. She put a hammer in a baby's face. She punched a baby once. Uh, God. Can we? Sh- why did the? I mean, the doctor had a baby mask. Yeah. Okay. That, I guess that, that was, was the just weird for, thing. Yeah. Why was that like a School random pride, baby? I guess. Because he's a professor. But why would he there? hide it in like his secret drawer compartment? Oh, because he's into weird sex stuff. Oh! <laughs> how could how, you? How did I gross I myself that. out there? Oh, you God. should have, yeah. Mac. You need to take yourself away. <laughs> Put you, yourself in time You're out. under arrest. <laughs> there he goes. Bye, Mac. Yes. In the slammer where he belongs. <laughs> Duck down under his desk. Yeah. What a horrible man. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. Did you guys get that the mystery guy was the doctor? We can't talk about it until Matt comes back. No, uh, I didn't get it. Uh, Max never come back from from the old from the old jailhouse. He's in the toy box now. He's got the Folsom Prison Blues. There he is. Uh, Welcome back. <laughs> what insights um, did we make while I was gone? Just a lot of burping. Uh, did you catch that it was um the uh that Gregory was the mystery man, Mac? Like that Lori was in love with him. Like it was not apparent to me until it was literally said. Same. I mean, it kind of got spoiled for me with the dead meat thing, but yeah. Wait, what dead meat thing? That was how I found this movie. A oh, YouTube right. series called uh um the Kill Count on a channel called Dead Meat. So then, what is the kill count of this movie? Is it so, every loop or just the yes, last? Yes, they considered, uh, I think it was 12 or 13, including all of Tree's deaths. I don't know if that's fair. 
I think it is. They're each a death. You know, this leads into something else I wanted to talk about, which is that there are consequences every time she dies. Like, with uh, Bill Murray, he can literally live a thousand lives. With, um, in Palm Springs, like, he could be there for years and years and it doesn't matter. With this, like, I think she said that she lived through, like, 16 days or something. And then on one of the days, she just, like, passes out because she's got, like, a whole bunch of weird stuff going on in her body. And so she's suffering consequences from each of the deaths that she is suffering. You know, I bet she doesn't survive, like, a week beyond when the movie ends. (laughs) I know. I was like, wouldn't she have permanent damage then of her lungs it's described that like she doesn't take the full damage from each death but she gets a little bit of like trauma and scar tissue yeah Mm -hmm. but with that amount of scar tissue that could kill you like i actually like you shouldn't be alive right now yeah i wrote down every death we saw and there were 10 of them and then she said 16 so there's at least 16 I think that might have been exaggerating because in the sequel, she mentions that it was only 11. I'm assuming Uh that when she wakes up on the next day, she's fine. See, I feel like the, so when she wakes up on Tuesday. Yeah. I guess they never explain how it happens. So they don't really have to explain the physics behind it. The mechanics. They do in the sequel, but don't worry about it. It's a bunch of sciencey mumbo jumbo. I don't care about it. I don't like uh, that. that. I like when they don't, don't explain spoil it. For Carrie, they did. I don't know. It was it. it they did interesting stuff with it beyond the sciencey mumbo jumbo. So it's 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 still worth a watch. Worth a watch. All right, it's I worth. can do that. Maybe. Um, it ruins it only a little bit. Okay, thank you. You know what is a fun fact about this movie? What. what? The music was done by Bear McCreary. Oh, yeah. Also did Outlander and other stuff that I don't remember, but I will. The reboot of Child's Play. Right. Uh, The Walking Dead. Ooh, God of War, Maddie. Yes, I know. I was like, I know. I know something that I've consumed recently. Watch yeah. or listen to or blah blah blah. That was Bear McCreary, and I was like, I know them. Yeah, Bear McCreary. He looks like a store brand Weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He does good music though. I like his stuff. I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, Leave Bear alone. Ah! <laughs> I'm not gonna. No, I appreciate his work. What I I have this role playing thing with friends called uh, uh, Monster of the Week, and I used his theme from Child's Play as like the quote-unquote theme song, which is really just the song I used to set the mood so everybody stops joking around and gets serious. Get down to business. Hey, you gotta get people down to business in D&D. That's not D&D. That's you gotta get week. people down to business in Mothwood. You gotta get people down to business when you're playing D&D. <laughs> you gotta oh, get no. people down to business. Oh, um, I was enjoying that song. Bad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know, Bad. Mac's voice sounded very, like, musical, lyrical for a moment. Sounded yeah. like he was spitting straight facts. Just I mean, like... I was spitting straight facts about Indeed. the legitness of Bear McCreary's music. What do you guys think you would do <laughs> if you got stuck in a time loop? 
Have you thought about this, Mac? Do you have a plan already? I Here's the thing. I couldn't, I objectively couldn't make a plan because I could come up with a lot of ideas, but how do you plan repetition? If I was her, I would have grabbed a gun. Well, like, if there, there are certain things that you could think about and plan to do if you're stuck in a time loop, like read a really giant book and like get through it. You know, learn so to you're play going the piano the, like in the Groundhog Bill Day. Bill Murray wrote, and the, where you just use your time to acquire a bunch of skills and stuff. I mean, maybe something like that, but like that's one way of living that. Probably learn how I, to use a bow staff. I'd want to see <laughs> how far I could get from where I started that day. Like that was my thing. Like, why didn't she ever get in a car and just leave the moment she woke up? That was Why literally she get what she did on the she last that day. Was going to <laughs> like, a yeah. If she just got I, in a car yeah. and drove until midnight, exactly, that would have been my first move. She hunkered down. She got killed with a bong, a baseball bat, hung herself before the thought was, maybe I just leave. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. That kind of was weird to me because that's that would be so if I'm in this situation, that would be what I would do. Like if someone was killing me and I was waking up every day versus like Groundhog Day where no one's killing me, I can live however long the whole day is. And then as soon as I sleep, I wake up on the same day. What do you think would be one interesting thing you do in a Groundhog Day situation? I mean, I kind of like and I know I don't think you got have you seen Palm Springs, Maddie or Mac? Nope, I have not. Maddie was there with us when we watched it. Wait, Actually, what? Actually, maybe she wasn't. No, she wasn't. No, I wasn't. We were, Katie and I watched it in Traverse City. You were there with us in Traverse City, but it was a different night. I think okay, it was a different good. night. I'm like, okay. I have no memory of that. Never mind. Well, then so, we can't really spoil anything. I'm not that. spoiling it, but I think, I mean, obviously we've really spoiled the fact that there's like time it. loops in it. So maybe, I like the idea yeah. of like, Going to Disneyland and, like, maxing out your card, like, just going on every ride that you want or visiting, like, cool museums or, like, breaking into someone's pool or, like, just kind of doing this. I think I would go the more, like, zero consequences route, whereas Carrie is going the more improving myself route. I feel like like getting stuff done that you want to do. (laughs) I would loop around to the improving myself probably eventually, but, I mean, the first instance, it it would be, like... There's no consequences. What do I want to do? I would like to ride a motorcycle. I just thought I of like the most to. sociopathic thing I could think of. I want to take a bike, ride all the way down the hill in St. Clair, build a ledge, and then jump off of it into the river and then just like fly. Yeah. I, I'd that sort of really get fun. between Katie and Maddie where I want to experience new things, knowing that I would no longer become... I want a heist. I want to do a heist. Right? I want a 24-hour heist. I that means want like to I do... want to go touch a Van Gogh. Get That's the crew by breakfast, my plan the thing by lunch, <laughs> execute it by dinner, stand in front of the fountains of the Bellagio by midnight. Bada bing, I mean, bada yeah. boom. I seriously one of my goals in life is to touch a Van Gogh and I would never actually do it, but like just find if some you rich had asshole. no consequences. Especially because then it would reset, so my finger oils wouldn't actually be on it. Would you just touch it? Would you, like, 
run your whole hand down it. I wouldn't do that. I don't know. I kind of would because I would if it would if I knew it would reset. I'd be scared. (laughs) I don't know if I would lick a Van Gogh, but just his paintings are so textural. I've always wanted to feel them. And I will say there's a lot of companies that have scanned these paintings and actually made 3D replicas of them, especially for people who have vision loss or who are totally blind to feel the paintings, which I think is very cool. That is cool. So you can do yeah. that, but there's something to be said about a museum object being the real object versus a replica. Okay, you know so what I like... would do? Yeah, I was if say. I was a sociopath and had this option, <laughs> what? Was I would find uh, everybody I could like around, and I would find each one of their like weaknesses or secrets, and then like I. Uh, Six months after I figured out the time loop or something, I would blackmail and extort them all and make so much money. Oh my god! But then you'd wake up. Oh. Told you that was like the worst thing I could think. No, no, no. Of. Wait. Maddie, so wait, you're no, my Maddie, idol. You're, you're saying that <laughs> you find out everyone's secrets and then you work on figuring out the time loop and then you live your normal life not in the time loop for six months. Yeah, like so they won't know back. like that oh. right away. Because, you know, they, like, maybe six months later, they won't be like, oh, I forgot I, like, mentioned my uh, mother's maiden name and the city I grew up in to this person. Wait, but they wouldn't remember it because you were through the loop. Exactly. You could do it right away with no consequences. But, I mean, I guess just the last person. Yeah. Okay. What if you figured out where, like, buried treasure was? So if you spent all your time trying to figure out just where people have buried money... So that eventually when you get out of the loop, you could go back and find that money. I don't know. I don't think you can find that many people in like a very small amount of space that has like buried treasure. But how many lots of people have credit cards? Have you heard of people like cleaning out their grandparents' houses and finding bundles of money in dressers and stuff? Yeah, but that's that's a lot harder. Maddie does, but bring you've up... got infinite time. Okay, no, actually, Maddie does bring up the concept that you you do have infinite chances, but you have twenty four hours. Yeah, you have a limitation that you can't get everywhere. You're and the people who limited. are in your like circle that you can get to, not all of them are going to have like uh, some random grandparent who stuffed okay. hundred dollar bills in a mattress. Vegas is a three-hour flight from where I am right now, so just oh, wake yeah. up, fly to Vegas. You can find, find out which one of the slot machines is the one that pays out. The first thing you do, learn well, no. how to fly a plane. <laughs> then you can go anywhere. That's true, if, especially if you fly a fast plane. Like, they're building planes I that can cross the Atlantic plane. in, like, three hours. Okay, but then you'd have to either buy or hijack the plane. Hijack, obviously. Or, I mean, like, if you knew the exact schedule and saw an opening, you could just be like, I mean, you'd, you'd be hijacking it, but not openly. I can't tell whether a psychologist <laughs> or the FBI would have more fun with this episode. Yeah, I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, Wait I'd a punch a baby. Somebody <laughs> gets stabbed with a bong. Let's hijack things. We need to find out their psychological guys, weaknesses. I would steal the, pl- I would how to steal make the plane that nobody else is in. That's My point do. was to fly to Vegas to find out where people have put their money so that when you get out of the time loop, <laughs> I'm sure there's people who are like 
carrying around weird bits of cash because Vegas is ridiculous. Katie, your hand is making a ghost John Lennon behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it is him. You don't know. Uh, he's not okay. He's... But let's 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 put like capitalist goals out the window. Like, what about like your human goals? Like, what do you want to do? Like, Katie wants to live with no consequences. Touch a Van Gogh. I mean, what about Mac or Maddie? Ooh, human. Yeah, not like I'm gonna plan how to get tons of cash. I want to find to be human. <laughs> I would want to find somebody terrible, and I want to know what the sensation is like to full body tackle them off of a high place. Okay. So you'd want to lure a terrible person. Ooh, per, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, like, a <laughs> like, hey, investment banker, it's a beautiful day to go out to the ledge of this skyscraper and smoke. Uh, why don't oh, you I tell me more about all of those like orphanages that you defunded in order to <gasps> create a like rental property that nobody will live in, but you'll still make millions of dollars off of anyway by refinancing it through a sketchy secondary company. Katie, what did you gasp think about? I want to punch Mitch McConnell in the face. Ooh! <laughs> okay, I was like, like thinking about punching like and the pushing... secondary one he keeps in the pouch. Oh, the big one. Like, I just... If right, we're that living doesn't in a answer world of no question. consequences... Yeah, no consequences. I mean... Kick him in the ball. <laughs> I want to... I, every time I see his face, I want to punch it. Yeah, just like do like a little, one of those throat jabs. I'm thinking double punch, like punch with the right hand, oops, and then do like a uppercut, and then the yeah. jowls will come running. Yeah, I mean, if you get if you get like any bone on the chin, the rest of the skin will just like flip up over it. <laughs> I think we're find, we're like, leaning towards the FBI really being into this. We house. are definitely leaning towards. I mean, the psychologists <laughs> are still having a field day, but okay, this wait, is going so to get blacked out immediately. Mac wanted. To, like, tackle somebody off a tall building. What about Maddie? <laughs> I don't know. The, so your only goals in life are to, like, make money? Have money, get bitches. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> get bitches no. I mean, if you've got money, you can fix a lot of problems. Like, there's not a lot of things you can fix in one day, but if you can figure out how to get a lot of money, do you know how much, pro- like, thi- like, we could lobby Congress to do all the things we want, just like the Republicans do. I would if find out every lawmaker's weakness. I would Ooh. find it. But Maddie, they don't have shame them. anymore. Huh? Remember, like, Lindsey Graham literally got caught with, like, men in a bathroom, which shouldn't be, like, allegedly. I'm going to get them all. Allegedly for legal reasons. I'm going to get them all on video. I've, I mean, Okay, I've thought of it. I'm going to wear a wire. <laughs> well, like, Katie, it's not necessarily about public shaming. Like, their weakness doesn't have to be, like... About that, but most of their weaknesses that aren't public shame would be like their families. I don't want to do that. Okay, I thought of it. It's not about you. It's Maddie's. Takes. (laughs) I will do what I must. It would take a lot of effort every time and a lot of deaths, but catapult, track the arc, basketball hoop on the other end, world's biggest slam dunk. Ooh, trebuchet. Okay. So trebuchet! you would be in the trebuchet. <laughs> I'd be in the trebuchet, basketball in hand. I am wearing Michael Jordan's actual outfit from the Space Jam. 
Then I track my arc. I rig the basketball hoop to either explode or catch on fire if I actually get it in. Amazing. I don't know why, but in my head I was like, Mac, you can't wear that. Those were cartoon clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But also I'd get the jock jams to play as soon as I get it down into the, as soon as I slam dunk that nasty funk. As as Mac was saying that, I was like, how does he know anything about sports games? Like what, like fantastic historical game outfit will he name? And then it was Space Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam, oh. soon to be number one in a two paired movie sequence. Yes. Maddie, okay. would you want to learn an instrument or something? I'd learn an instrument. You could, like, really learn an instrument and then make a living. Wow. Am I literally only thinking about money? Yes. No, but Maddie, I think I think that's I just want to quit my job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> could you imagine just making money, like, playing the cello or something? If you're the best cello player in the world, you know, that'd be dope. That would be. You know, yeah, what? I don't it, think it I is... could be the best cello player in the world. You I know, I couldn't because get... I don't have the finger strength. You would never get the muscle memory. You know, you reset every day. That's how that's muscle how memory, goes. the strength, like the the calluses on the fingers that you would need, or whatever. Oh, interesting. But anyway, we should get to notes. <laughs> should we? Um. Yes, we should. Yeah. Wait, can I well, have yes, one? We should. Can I have one more discussion item, just very quickly? Hmm. Uh, this sounds familiar. I'll time you. I'll time you. We have. No, I just actually have minutes. a question that may lead to a short discussion. Go. Okay. This is the first time I've ever heard someone say that deja vu means someone is thinking about you while they pleasure themselves. Have yeah, you ever no. heard that? No. No. Dan- like the character Danielle was only saying it because she said she has deja vu like five times a day. Okay. I've always heard it was like, you know, you live through the, it's a time loop, a quick one, or like you dreamt about that moment in a pre, like, in the future and then your mind goes back to it or like time is just a big puddle and we're all living Ooh, in it I wonder it, if, it, if they explain it. that in the second movie or like if they're the like in black, they're all universe people so they uh, all have deja vu all the time you're close but no that's one of the theories Maddie is that there are alternate universe versions of ourselves and every once in a while we end up in the same place at the same cosmic time and so that's when we experience deja vu there was an episode of Rick and Morty about that, but we're not talking about that on this podcast. I'd say right, so that was a good small discussion. Let's get to the notes. Matt. All right. I'll start us off. <clears throat> uh, one, uh, Carter had a uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 poster in his dorm room, and I did like that. It did make it a little bit dated, but so is a lot of other stuff in this movie. Next! Wait, it's still on, though, isn't it? Mystery Science is Theater 3? Pretty... Yeah, but this was before the reboot. Oh, okay then. Yeah. Also, by the way, they just ref- uh, they just got funding for the third season. Excited about it, Jonah Ray. Keep doing what you're doing. Next, what up? Um, Tree told her roommate, "I assume you changed my ringer." Im- imagine any other context of a slasher movie where the m- killer changes the hero's ringtone to be just something really annoying. That's like, pretty Im- diabolical. Imagine if Michael Myers. Before trying to kill uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, changed her ringtone to like that video of foxes shouting at each other or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ringtones back then were just like a ring. 
Ring, ring. Then imagine he duct taped a fox to her to her rotary phone. It was I don't a bell telephone. Care. All right. <clears throat> Actually, they did probably have weird ring bell things inside the phone. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, obvious murder is murder. Obvious murder is obvious when uh, he was in the tunnel. Uh, next, the uh, the boy from the second loop, the one that brought her to the pleasure dome. Oh, that oh my the, god! That was the least sexy dancing I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought that was like room. fun. I thought that would be like ironic and funny, you know. But see, Maddie, he thinks it's serious. It's about expectations. I would. I think it's funny too. But if the person thinks it's like, look at how funny this is. Not like I'm the sexiest boy you'll know, and this is what I did with my room. <laughs> I think if it was <laughs> ironic, then I would like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's doing it seriously, Maddie. Next you up, I don't think we've talked about the darkest moment in this movie that I don't think they really commented on all that much. It wasn't a death. It was Tree was actively being attacked by the murderer, and she oh. was pinned down on the bed shouting for help. Then some drunk dude walks into the room. She shouts, Help me, and the dude's just like, "Hey!" nods and steps out of the room. I hated that. There's a very clear allegory for what that is, and I That's don't like it. That's the real it. horror story. That's the fret like thing. Yeah. Protect your brothers. Life. <sighs> All right. Summer. Next up, the third run through. She talked to Lori about how she was going to get murdered, and I just thought. It's kind of interesting that this one has her tipping off the murderer. Oh, I didn't even connect that. Yeah. Okay. Next. I'm not sure that when she was reinforcing her windows by like, obviously nailing in a bunch of boards, higgledy-piggledy at alternate angles and not, I don't know, in uniform, you know, level planks. I'm not sure that's fully allowed, but I kind of get it because she has died twice. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was hey, putting in boards. <laughs> I thought she was just nailing the window shut by like putting it through the window frame, and then the. I was gonna say it was a full they were on in, board. like in between the panes, and I was like, that would just break if you hammer down that window. Right. Yeah, I was. I'm always confused when they nail things from the inside because I, I get like not being able to get through wood if it's nailed from the outside because you can't really push it from that. But I don't know. Pushing a board inward from the spike side of a nail is relatively easy. All right. Anyway, not really a point I wanted to bring up. Next. Anytime she looked at that photo of her mother, I just thought there is a weird subsection of actors out there that have to play the face actor for like the loved one or the dead wife or the dead mother. And it's just weird to me that it's it's a job where it's like, you're going to show up sometime around at the beginning of the shoot. You're going to take a bunch of loving, happy photos or videos with the person who plays our main character, and then you're going to leave. And <laughs> we're going to pay a person to multiple times look at a photo of your face and either cry or feel pangs of longing or like swear to avenge your death or some shit. And it's just Amazing. strange to me to think like... They showed up to set for a day, took a few photos with somebody, and now they're just like a thing, but they're not around. Yeah. Kate? It reminded me of Red Dragon, the videotapes of the families. Mm-hmm. Was that Red Dragon? No. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, was. it was. 
Yeah, because of I was like, because remember, we were trying to think if we should include those in the PBS because they had lines and they acted, but we were like, no. Yeah, I think we talked about how weird it was. Yeah, like these people are just like, hey, go be a happy family, but just in your mind, know that this happy family is horribly (laughs) slaughtered. It's murdered. (laughs) And this is going to be like you, but somebody watching it is going to be like, oh my God, these poor dead people. Like, do you put that on your reel? I guess, yeah. Okay. okay, back. Next. Um, so when Carter mentioned like, hey, we didn't do anything. You were way too drunk. So I just put you down in my bed and I slept on my roommates. And there was that weird romantic. Well, not too weird, but there was a romantic note afterwards. And I just thought, oh, romantic. He didn't take advantage of you. I mean, yeah. I'm glad to hear that that happened. But also. Low bar. It's sad that that's the bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's so dreamy, he didn't molest me when I was drunk. <laughs> all right. All right. <clears throat> Next. So the, the scene where she is actually going through her suspect list, there's like this bright, cheery, hip, like, uh, like pop song going on. Confident. Yes. You never really see cases that we do being solved to pop music like imagine if poirot was like trying to solve a poisoning or somewhat and just britney spears toxic came on over him just like i want that that would be amazing we should do that there's actually a ton of videos that people put toxic under like fighting there's a Mm. witcher one there's a great there's a i think avengers one i feel like more fights should happen to pop music i agree it's the anthem of our time free britney next Hashtag. Um, I already talked about that. What's the lethal amount of Tylenol, Maddie? Um, you shouldn't go above four thousand milligrams in a day. So I would have loved if, like, she didn't care about taking that many Tylenol because she's just like, I'm gonna die anyway, and then she actually did just die. I was like, <laughs> it wouldn't even help beyond like two of them. Yeah, there's like a threshold of like. Because I used to take way too many, and then Dad was like, once you kind of hit, I think you said 800, like, anything over that is, like, just extra stuff you're going to pee out. All right. Next up, uh, in the quote-unquote good ending that didn't turn out to be, <laughs> her, her like, fellow sorority sister Danielle asks, like, what Carter's deal was, and Tree said, I'm going to have his babies. Weird line. Weird line to say about anybody. I don't care how many cycles you've gone through. I've only ever known one person to use that as a line at the beginning of a relationship, and it's not really one I approve of. Uh, <clears throat> he's, they've known each other, what, eight days? And you've or already she's, decided sorry. he's going to have kids? She's known him eight days. He's known her like conservatively two, like an hour. two. Like a, yeah. One drunk night before and then an hour. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> next. So, again, during that happy ending, she puts a knife up to an officer's neck, steals his gun, and says, hey, Jonathan Toombs is going to wake up. Go get more, like, police officers. <clears throat> and I understand why he left, because obviously a possibly unstable woman is holding a knife up to his neck. And, and a now gun. She has his gun. And then points and a, gun. a gun at him. Right. She told her to bring more officers. She walked right into the room and did pull the trigger on the gun. Why did she want her to bring more cops if she was going to kill him, knowing full well that the officer in question knew what she looked like? 
I don't think she was sure that Toombs was free yet. So if he wasn't free, if he was still tied down, she wouldn't need to shoot him. But she no, would she, wait. He hadn't moved yet, and she pulled the trigger. I thought that was when... Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of a different time loop. Man. <laughs> Silly you. It gets you. It Would got me. It gets you. All right. Next. And finally, and I'm glad I'm the first one to bring this up. There's no way she'd be, at the end of the movie, free after the final loop. Right? No. Because what, what, what is the evidence? What is the evidence left over? There was a scuffle in a room... There are bits of probably identifiably poisoned cupcake, and she has a witness see her kick her roommate out of the second story window and cause blood to fly probably way too high up in the air for that level of a fall. Was it witness that she kicked her or just that she accidentally, quote unquote, fell out the window? No, no, no. There was an interview with Danielle later on in the movie. You know, fight in the room, and Danielle had heard like scuffling, and was like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "You can also say, yeah, you can also say like, we were having a fight, and she accidentally tripped and fell through the window." No, no, no. Danielle was taking an interview on the news shortly after that that they were looking at in the diner, saying, "Oh my God, like Lori is like." has such a stupid murder plan. She tried poisoning a cupcake. Kappas don't eat cupcakes. So Tree did tell the authorities, my roommate tried to poison me with a cupcake, so I had to murder Kill her. her. And she would be still being interviewed. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't be at a diner not knowing what Ghostbusters is. (laughs) Yeah, no. She would be um, in the police station probably charged with, like, manslaughter. Second degree, at least. Yeah. Yeah. If she's You're correct, Mac. You are correct. And you said that was your last note? Yeah, that's my last note. Okay, Maddie. All right. Uh, well, she's mean. Hope she dies. Um, when does anyone good show up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Environment girl. Yes. I mean, she was good. I said, who gets crunk on Sunday before class? Sororities. Sororities. I'm just like, how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) I forget why I wrote this, but... (laughs) Just says, Poe Buddy's nerve fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why either, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Just Amazing. completely out of context. <laughs> um, I thought that the blackout would have had more bearing on the story because they mentioned like a blackout two weeks earlier. Mm. So I mm. thought that was going to have more to do with the, the story. I mean, she did use it so she could pull that gun on tombs. Yeah. And I was like, is it Carter or her dad? And I said, girl, you in America, get you a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go to the corner store, pick up some Mentos, maybe some like Wrigley's gum and a nine millimeter. Yeah. Um, And I said, shit is forced. I really hated when she was like, I'm going to be good and do good things for everybody because I know. And then I'm going to like smile at everybody and be like, 
finger guns. You're the best. I'm the best. Yeah. Look how like cool I am. Her little walk. Yeah. Her good day. I hated it. <laughs> and then um, my last note was that the ending was legit not funny when Carter was like, oh, I didn't know if you wanted to sleep in. Um, but because she has gone through like so, so much shit and he's like, oh, let me just joke about it. And she's like, I hate you. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, giggle, giggle, laugh, fake fight. Punch like, you. No. Oh, now we're kissing. Like, after going through all that, you're traumatized. Like, you yeah. would be, you like, died. Yeah. You would be punching him legitimately in the face. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, That's I it. Pissed. Carry on. That was it? Okay. Uh, Katie. Um, We've covered a lot of it. We haven't talked about Ryan, the roommate, at all, who just um, had to say the phrase fine vagina like 12 times. <laughs> and who looked like, what was that one, like, Disney property that was like, we're a bunch of sexy teens, but we're the, yeah, the descendants. He looks like <laughs> Cruella DeVille's son. Yeah, a little bit. I have uh, no context for that, so. <laughs> but he was kind of funny. I know he was supposed to be, but, like, when he gets mad at the end that he has to sleep in his car again. <laughs> his poor, he's like, it smells like feet. <laughs> That's what made Carrie and I both laugh out loud. He was like, it smells like Hot Pockets and feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I remember being in dorm rooms and cars that of my dude friends, and they did smell a lot. Like, it was mostly stale fries and feet, but... Yeah. Okay, why is feet always one of them? Because for mine, it was my first dorm, and it was Velveeta and feet. <laughs> I think it's because, well, do you remember that there was last year or two years ago where the whole Twitter thing about how white people don't wash their legs? Mm. Trickle like, down effect. There's a lot of people who do not wash their legs or feet in a shower or bath. They just, like, like they don't take the washcloths, loofah, whatever. And, and like scrub like the skin of your leg and then go down and like scrub the skin of your feet. Like they just like let the suds go down and be like, that's clean enough. But I that's I probably mean, why. I will say though, there's also probably young boys of color who may not wash their feet either. So it might just be a universal boy thing. Can I ask you guys a weird question? Uh-huh. So you know when we used to go to that conference. And we would hug different people. Multiple times, the boys would smell like a weird salami, like <laughs> smell. And I was like, "Is this some kind of like natural boy order?" Because it would be multiple boys, and it would be like processed meats. It would be like processed meats covered sweats. by cologne. It was like because I just want to say it was just a bunch of teenagers like around each other. Katie, it's time that I finally reveal it to you. On the inside of the bathroom door of every men's room, there's just kind of like a hanging of just a bunch of sausage links that you're just supposed to like rub all over. It's like a ritual. It's like a good luck thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say inside every boy, teenage boy, is just salami. <laughs> it's just salami. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. <laughs> layer it on their torsos. No, just I was going to say, on. like, it's just a an alien made out of salami and a meat suit shaped like a person. notice that ever? I don't know. I, I did notice, um, so, like, a smell. Like, it but... wasn't everyone, 
But no. there were multiple boys from different families. It was usually and, like, and they were usually on the younger side of the spectrum. I think yeah. they probably just hadn't learned about deodorant yet. But that's or maybe why I was that's just if like it was their like pheromones. Younger, like if that's just what non-deodorant it's just boy boys smell. smell, like boys just smell like salami. Guys, so just like that. Have you guys like, ever smelled your own armpits and thought it smelled like taco meat? No. Mine always smelled like weird. Just all the time. When I thought about it. it Wait, like Mac, that. did you say all the time? Yes. Taco meat, right? Okay. It, weirdly, more in high school than now, but yes. Mine Maybe is like I'm a high school weird fake watermelon smell. Like there's a specific watermelon Kool-Aid brand from like what? high school. I remember being like, this kind of smells like what my armpits smell like when I don't wear deodorant. I, I don't understand that. When I don't wear deodorant uh, for a long so, time, I get what I would refer to as diet skunk. All right, Carrie, we got some meat, taco meat. We got some watermelon Kool-Aid. What do you got? I don't even know. Like, just regular B.O. Like, what? Regular I mean, some B.O. Have Carrie's B.O. the only human among us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I put on deodorant today. I can't tell. Okay, anyway. Uh, oh, Miss Fancy put on deodorant. Um, yeah, I saw people. Who is that about? Oh, Ryan. Okay. Um, we haven't talked. Josh was like this equivalent to Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where it was kind of like a manic nerdy dream boy situation. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Carter. Wait, Carter? Who oh, played yeah. Josh in To All the Boys I Loved Before. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Remember? Because I was like, he looks very familiar and cute from like another yeah, teen movie, thing. and that's what it was. Great job. Yeah, kind of. But the I do sometimes those characters bother me because you definitely see the writers putting an aspect of themselves into those characters. Like I'm a nice boy, so you should love me. Um, we talked about all of this. The top that Danielle borrowed is ugly as hell. Why did she it, care about it? Because it was 2007 in their brains. It looked like she was like a, the secretary of an airline, <laughs> like. It was ugly. It was weird. It was like a wraparound um, Most of the movie, I wanted to wipe off her mascara so badly. Tree mm. just kept leaving her drunken mascara under eye smudges the whole time. And I was like, if I fall asleep in my makeup, one of the first things I do is clean up under my eye. Yeah, um, because you use saliva. I don't use it to clean. I mean, I don't clean it off, but I would clean the smudge under my eye. Like you would like wipe. Yeah. yeah. I hated it. I it just the whole time it was really bothering me. Um, I thought it was very smart of her that when she was sneaking around the doctor's office that she did not turn on the light because other movies, some people might have done that. Um, The dinner with her dad was very awkward and it fell out of place. And I know why it was in there because it was supposed to be the good day, but and i love that her line when she tries to kill Lori is eat it bitch <laughs> and shoving the cupcake in her mouth that felt very uh i don't know scary movie <laughs> yeah when he asks if she would mind sleep like waking up in a dorm room again and she's like only if it's your dorm room i hated that yeah and then my last yeah. note I did think it was very funny. The whole movie, there's obvious Groundhog Day references. There's the bell tower. There's the song waking her up, her checking her phone, similar to like the Sunny and Cher, the six o'clock flipping, whatever. 
And so the whole movie you're thinking about, because also that's how anyone talks about movies with time loops now is just say it's Groundhog Day, but slasher or whatever. But slasher. But slasher. (laughs) It's the Groundhog Um, Day, but slasher. (laughs) Is anybody ever slashed the button killer? I'll look it up later. But I thought it was funny that they had all these references and at the very end, they make that joke where he's like, it kind of reminds me of Groundhog Day. And I just like that they acknowledged it in the movie, like at the end, though. So yeah, it was just because, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. That's my notes. Okay. Um, I hated that the baby masks were a thing. I really hated the character Danielle and how offensive she was to everybody. And I hope that she ends horribly and sadly and fails at everything she ever tries. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a poster on their wall for a band called Garden of Elks. And <laughs> I really like that. And I feel like it's a good band name. Um, there's that the one point when she like locks herself in her room and then she has like a hammer and is like trying to sneak and see if someone's in the bathroom. She's directly across from a mirror. If there was someone in the bathroom, they would see her. That was not uh, smart. Yeah. Um, and when she heard the noise, she didn't check behind the curtain. I was like, at no. least check first and then turn around. Like, yeah. Um, as soon as she went through the bell tower door, I was like, that's not going to end well. Nothing good ever happens in a bell tower. Just ask Quasimodo. Um, that's pretty much it. I was happy that I knew who the killer was from the beginning. Proud of myself. Proud of you. All right. So PBS? that's all the notes. Yeah. Um, it was eight men versus five women. What? I know. Even here? Even here. I mean, you had Carter, Ryan, the roommate, the professor slash doctor, Tim from Subway, Nick, cop, John Toombs, her dad. And then yeah. with the girls, it was just mostly sorority girls plus Stephanie, the doctor's wife. Mm-hmm. That's it. Bummer. I know. I will say if you're looking probably at lines, she probably had the most lines, but. Yeah. Like screen it, for time sure. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, stars and stabs. Let's go with Katie first. I think as a mystery, I would go with seven. There was enough there that you could pitch, piece together the connection to tombs. And then I guess with Lori, especially the, you noticing those shoes and the nurse's outfit and like stuff, like, I think that there were some things that were taken advantage of for slasher reasons but in terms of mystery trying to figure out who's killing her i mean she was able to connect it to tombs she just it took her a while to connect it to Lori, also mm-hmm. so that and then honestly for stars i would say eight i enjoyed it i thought it was a fun movie it wasn't gory enough that i was like this is like disingenuous and just for gore and it had enough humor and jump scares that I appreciated it. So while it's not my favorite genre, I would even like watch it again because it was like entertaining and a good length. 
hour and a half is the longest movies like this ever need to be. So mm-hmm. that's my thing. I am in a strange situation where I really do like this movie, but my points are one below each of Katie's. I'm oh. going to give it seven points at like seven stars just because it's an excellent movie. I find that uh, the things that date it, I'm I'm not going to excuse for dating it. And as for the mystery, I do think it has every single aspect that were required to make a mystery, which is why I submitted it to the list. But I will say they focused a little bit too much on John Toombs in the third act mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me to fully get behind. Because it's, it's almost like I get that the mystery is always happening throughout the entirety of the movie. But for them to spend that much time on their red herring and invest that much... Yeah. And that he was immediately like, of course I'm going to kill you. That yeah, he didn't, weird. he didn't seem like a realistic serial killer. He like, was a little bit two-dimensional. I, I, I get he that for me to say, like, much. he's too he's two-dimensional, you know. He's just an angry, insane man that wants to murder college girls. I get that those exist. They're horrifying. I do listen to true crime. But also, you know... Yeah. The stringy hair, the hoodie, the slightly gapped teeth, the perfectly like not sexy stubble, Scruffy. but like creepy stubble. Scruffy, creepy stubble. <laughs> creepy stubble, yep. That yeah. level that's just creepy enough. That's and the fact that he's just always stubble. got a knife. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unending supply of knives. <laughs> to to me, it almost seems like he's like the starter serial killer that you'd get in some kind of fucked up video game before yeah. you get to advance to the fun ones. <laughs> okay. Fun ones. So that's, that's Max. What about Maddie? <laughs> All right. I'd say probably seven stabs. I agree with Katie and I would probably say five stars because I didn't enjoy it all too much, but it was fine. Carrie. <laughs> Um, I would probably go six stabs, seven stars. Is that what Mac did? I can't remember. Yeah. 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 Six stabs, seven stars. Okay, cool. cool. So that's a uh, happy death day. Happy death Fun. day to you. Hey! <laughs> if you want to know what's going on in the next episode that we talk about, we recommend that you watch season one. Episode 7 of Pushing Daisies, entitled Smell of Success. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, if you want to uh, contact us, we have very many ways. We have uh, Twitter and Instagram. The handle is MostlyMurderPod for both of those. We have a Gmail account, MostlyMurderPod but sometimes not at gmail.com. Then we have a website, mostly murder, but sometimes not dot com. And that's all. Thank that's you guys all, for listening. That's all, Thank folks. you for listening. <laughs> all right. Love cool. you. Bye. Bye, bye everybody.
you are cordially invited to the manor in the woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings. Wait a minute.